matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Welcome to the Horror Affliction Guitar Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Vinnie Caruana, vocalist of the bands The Movie Life, I Am The Avalanche, Constant Elevation, Peaced Out, and he even does some solo work under his own name. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I just want to let you guys know that next week marks the year anniversary of the podcast, so I just want to thank you guys for the support, and make sure you listen to the end of the episode, because I'm going to be announcing both episodes that'll drop next week, as I'll be dropping two episodes in honor of the year anniversary, so make sure you listen to the end for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And here's the interview. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Same old, same old. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, I usually ask a few music questions to start out, but try not to linger on it too much just to kind of see where everybody's going, you know, at right now with their projects and everything. You play multiple ones. You know, I Am the Avalanche, The Movie Life, Peaced Out, and then uh, Constant Elevation, as well as you release solo stuff as well, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have anything that you've released recently that you want to? you know, mention in case anybody missed it or anything you have coming out with any of your projects or so much stuff got released last year. Yeah. Um, it was like a record year for me. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. We, last year we released a piece out full length called feelings blade. I released a live solo record from a show that we recorded in London, England, like the last tour I ever did before the pandemic hit. Oh yeah. That's called Vinnie Caruana live at the black heart, which is like a punk and metal club in, in Camden in London. It was like one of the coolest solo shows I've ever played. Constant elevation released a seven inch EP called freedom beach. And mm. what else got what? Oh, and then the, I'm the, <laughs> And then I'm the Avalanche released a full length record called Dive. Hell yeah. So you pretty much released something with everything but the movie life, which is kind of yep. a, hell yeah. And yeah. you've been doing live streams with the movie life stuff recently, haven't you actually? Yeah, I've been doing live streams ever since lockdown, I guess yeah. ever since a year ago. And uh, yeah, I, I started just playing shows like playing, you know, sets of like a lot like all my different stuff and yeah. then like eventually i just started kind of changing it up all right tonight's going to be all movie life tonight's going to be all avalanche all solo all covers just trying to keep it fresh and have fun and kind of exercise my chops you know yeah and do you have any of those uh still coming up or are you kind of taking a break from those i saw that you had a few that just uh recently happened but i didn't know if you had any coming up or not uh, i've been doing it more sparingly lately because the weather's getting nicer and yeah. things things are getting better which is fantastic things are looking up and yeah. um so yeah I'll, I'll probably still do them maybe once a month or something but we do uh we're announcing it this friday uh but we're doing actually i'm the avalanche full band streams live from st vitus which is like a awesome like punk hardcore metal club in my neighborhood just outside so yeah. it's going to be really cool and I'll get to see the boys. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this will release next Tuesday. So it'll be like right after the uh, announcement and stuff like that. So Oh, cool. Yeah, and I think I see where uh, 
they do the, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it called like the age of quarantine live streams or something that they do or the, yeah, uh, he, he's been doing kind of like, a, um, Chris Enriquez, who's a guy I came up with in the Long Island hardcore scene. Like mm. he's been doing an interview series, uh, called age of quarantine. And I think yeah. Dave Castillo has been doing in sometimes Artie will do it too. Yeah. They're just having good talks with like interesting people. I actually sat in this very chair right here, uh, doing that with him a few months ago. So yeah, no, I knew the name St. Vitus sounded, uh, familiar, but I just couldn't remember if that was, you know, attached to that or if it was something else I might have seen. But no, that's awesome. St. Vitus is like a um, a club that's owned, you know, by friends. Yeah. And that's pretty beloved around here. It's like if you're going to play in a club that has like, holds like 250 people, like you want to be playing in, in St. Vitus. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And uh, before we move on to the movies and uh, stuff like that, do you, you have any other things you want to talk about or projects you want to mention? I guess there's some stuff in the works, but uh, not enough, uh, not enough to uh, to talk about it just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. Right so. now, like all the energy, right? I mean, I've been writing and, you know, I have all ideas for my next solo release and I have ideas for a new band that started like out of this whole lockdown thing with like neighbors and stuff where we're all like getting in the writing music together and yeah standing in a place with like masks on and shit you know what i mean but like you know just keeping busy keeping it in the neighborhood and my neighborhood's filled with awesome musicians and friends so like yeah that's something that uh it doesn't even have a name so i don't even know you know <laughs> yeah but all our effort as of like this week is like oh shit let's I guess let's start booking shows you know what i mean for like for later in the year and start to envision where and when and how that's gonna all happen and oh yeah i don't know it's kind of it's kind of a nice change talking about like booking an actual show yeah. that people can come to it's not so much of a like a dateless end anymore you know what i mean like i mean there's not an exact date on it obviously but there's a lot more hope that the end is coming soon to where like uh mid last year almost everybody was just kind of like who fucking knows with everything so yeah is it ever gonna come back this thing that we all love you know like yeah and that's just a in the broad scene of just music in general you know or entertainment in general going to see the things that we love you know i'm feeling some optimism i like that it's coming at the same time that like it's 60 degrees in new york today where are you at i'm in uh, north carolina like uh, oh, about cool. an hour south of virginia beach about an hour i guess west of uh the outer banks so i'm pretty close to, like the east coast and stuff like that, so. cool cool um yeah, it's, it's in the 60s here as well today i'm only wearing a hoodie because i'm in the house with shorts on so i'm like right instead of turning on the heat for 60 degree weather i'll just wear a little hoodie for Right. I had to actually I have had my windows wide open. Thank you. Just get it's just like the air coming in. But every once in a while, like a truckle. I mean, I live in Brooklyn. It's it. I don't live in like a really loud neighborhood, but a truck yeah. drives by. It's we're going to hear it. So. So I closed my windows it. for the next uh, however long that we're chatting. It's all good. Uh, I was gonna say I could just edit it if it's uh, if it comes through. It's not too big. I'll do the best I can to edit it out. <laughs> if it's uh... oh no, I I'm all good. I'm all good. Okay, hell yeah. But uh, we can jump on into the horror movies, man. What was your relationship with them growing up? If you had one, and if not, you know, how's it changed now that you're older? The um, so movies for us, it, it was kind of cool growing up. I have two older brothers, so that was always helpful because there was like stuff. Maybe I was watching stuff that maybe. I wasn't ready for or I wasn't allowed to watch but would be allowed just because to not leave me out yeah. my parents did, my parents didn't really shy away from like my parents didn't really shy away from stuff like I remember seeing like inappropriate shit or what you could call inappropriate at a young pretty young age yeah just being like ah oh, fuck it 
like there's some tits and I'm six and there's mom and dad and this is uncomfortable, but okay. Yeah. I remember watching, uh, it's funny. Like my dad basically like let us watch this movie called his, this one. So you told me I had, I could choose a few different things. So is that still cool? Like just kind of a few different things that really stick out as movies that. Yeah, that's fine. We I can- love yeah, we'll shoot um, on. Uh, I was uh, just kind of asking like how it was growing up. And then I, after that, I kind of asked, you know, what some of your favorites are. So if you want to go ahead right. and kind of shoot on them as you're talking about, you know, oh, yeah, I guess it was connected. Like so our video store growing up was a, a hardware store yeah. around the corner that had a tiny little video section like in like a side room. Oh, shit. And, um, you know, it smelled like a hardware store, but you could rent VHSs and shit. And that's where we went until like the basically a big place in town opened and closed everybody else. And that was called Mega Movies. Yeah. And then Mega Movies got bought out and that be- Mega Movies location became a blockbuster. Okay. And now now they divided it and it's like a deli and like a hair salon or some shit. I'm so sad to think about. <laughs> I know. I just watched that blockbuster documentary, too. I still, have you uh, seen that yet? No, I really I want to watch it. I just haven't had the time since it's been uh, since it's dropped yet, but it's definitely on my list. Plus, I actually got rid of Netflix, so I got to borrow my stepdad's. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Dude, do it. It's it's cool. It's nostalgic, and it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Once the um, office went off Netflix, I dropped Netflix. I was like, I, I got to right, pay right. for too much other stuff. So. Oh, my God. The amount of shit that we pay for, like streaming stuff. But yeah, I'll probably pay for it again when uh, Stranger Things comes on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just the amount of shit that we pay for that we're like, oh, my God, we got to get rid of some of this shit. And then this year hit. and We were like, no, we need this shit. (laughs) Oh, no. Now Paramount Plus is coming out with a bunch of uh, bangers on their uh, streaming service. I'm like, how are you going to put out a Workaholics movie and not want me to pay for the streaming service? (laughs) Right. Oh, um, yeah, I heard about Paramount Plus. I got to see if it's worth it for us. Um, So that kind of ties into like, so my, this wasn't a horror movie. The first thing that I I ever saw was it was a horror spoof. Okay. From like 1982 or 83 or something like that, that Hmm. my dad liked. And it was a random movie. It was like a Canadian production called Hysterical. I've never heard of that. It's it's a horror spoof about like two like you know um, ghost huntery kind of guys adventurers yeah. and these are comedians like Canadian comedians from uh, from like they they had like comedy albums they put out yeah they, they had all these they were famous in Canada one of them they're they're called the Hudson brothers okay one of them is Kate Hudson's dad oh shit uh, Bill Hudson I think is his name I, I would think one of, yeah I'm not sure exactly you 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 might know better than I. Well, what's funny is actually I just did an episode uh, and it has nothing to do with Kate Hudson, but we ended up talking about it because of I don't know how we got on the subject, but uh, I think we we're talking about famous like families and not using their we we're talking about uh, Videodrome. That's how we got on the subject. We were talking about Videodrome and we were talking about David Cronenberg. So we started talking about Brandon Cronenberg and we were talking about like if he would have changed his name, would that change how people like uh, compared him? And uh, so I brought up how Kate Hudson was Goldie Hawn's daughter. And at the time, yeah. I, mis- I mistaked her dad for Kurt Russell, but we looked it up like while we were talking and I was like, right. Oh, never mind. It's a guy named Bill Hudson or it was either Ben or Bill Hudson, but it was something like so this. funny. It was that literally like is... this past week. So. I, I haven't seen this movie in years. There's trailers for it on yeah. YouTube and stuff and like see clips from it, which I have like gone back and watched just cause it makes me super nostalgic. They shot the whole thing uh, on the Oregon coast, which is a beautiful part of the country that I love visiting. Yeah. Um, 
awesome horror spoof. That was kind of like my first pseudo horror movie. It wasn't scary, though. It was really funny and goofy. Yeah. But from the video store and shit, I, I was never like, oh, horror, all the time horror. Like, I need horror. But yeah. I just, I'm kind of like pretty, you know, evenly distributed my taste like across all films. I'm sure we all are in some way, but yeah. Sleepaway camps were big, all, you know, Friday the 13th. I remember being truly scared. Do you remember the changeling from way back? Yes. With, uh, yeah. Georgie Scott is his name. The, yeah. Yeah. Where's where his daughter passes away in the beginning. Yeah, and he moves into um, the house where the uh, the dad had like uh, killed his son. So he just like took. Oh, I don't know if he. I think he accidentally killed his son, or he was just ashamed of his son. So he like stole another kid that was perfectly fine from the hospital, and that's where like the changeling comes in or whatever. But I have that on DVD. I actually bought it, and our DVDs are like tucked away from like yeah. a move, and they never came out. I need to dig that up. But we would rent that stuff. Like we never owned the horror movies. We would rent them. We'd be allowed to like rent them and stuff. So. Yeah. We like that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, that's one of the few slow burns from the 80s. Like, there's not many slow burn horror movies from the 80s. And that's one of the few, like, great haunted house uh, horror movies, if you ask me, from, you know, that time and stuff like that. So Yeah, it was like a well-made movie. Um, yeah. And then the movie that we never owned, but we should have, watching that blockbuster documentary, apparently when I was a kid, I was born in 79. Yeah. When I was a kid, and they mentioned this in the, in the documentary, like VHSs were $100 Holy shit. To, own, to own a movie. Yeah. Right? Because the studios like justified that. Like, listen, like this is a real, it was a very like coveted thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I get why we rented them and didn't buy them. But a movie that we rented probably once a month. And we always went every week to like go and rent like one or two movies. Yeah. A movie that we rented so much. And that's definitely a horror movie is The Gate. Are you into The Gate? Uh, I've seen it once. And actually, I just heard recently that they canceled a remake that was supposed to happen. I guess Alex Alex Winter from Bill and Ted was supposed to direct it. And it got oh. canceled. But uh, I think. Isn't it have um not uh it's isn't it Kiefer Sutherland as a kid or it's one of it's somebody uh, it's Stephen Dorff that's right Stephen Dorff yeah I knew it was somebody <laughs> like around like somebody that was pretty popular in the nineties as a, like a more of an adult or whatever but uh yeah um Stephen Dorff as a kid there's so for those who haven't seen the the gate yeah we can we can give it an overview like oh yeah Stephen Dorff and his and his like he's like probably I don't know ten or eleven and his sister is like in high school. Yeah. And uh, their parents go away for the weekend. It's like the first time and she's old enough to like look after her brother and stuff. At the same time, him and his best friend, yeah. I forget what his best friend's name is Terry. I don't remember what his, uh, his name's Glenn. And uh, they accident, Terry's like a metalhead, like nerdy metalhead friend. Mm -hmm. And they hang out every day together. Like they're each other's only friends. And they accidentally like threw a series of events open the gate to hell, like in their backyard and their yeah, parents like are the, the root of a tree in their backyard or something like that. <laughs> yeah. A tree falls down and underneath is a, the gate to hell. Yeah. And there's these geodes that fall out of the roots of the tree and they crack the geode open. And that's all a whole part of the thing. And meanwhile, Terry is all into like the satanic metal shit that like oh, yeah. he listens to and all the layouts and shit have like, 
scriptures and chanting and all these things to like summon devils to open the gate to close the gate all this shit so it just so happens that like his best friend terry is like the most qualified like demonology <laughs> guy that's all it and takes yeah, is the like, metal music <laughs> i know and i think that's what attracted me and my brothers when we were young we were like oh there's this like spooky heavy metal like devil thing because when we were young like that was the name of the game like yeah you know satanic bands were being uh, not even satanic bands like metal bands in general were being blamed for like kids committing suicide and there was a whole fucking you know yeah there was a whole like uproar um in like conservative america like when these bands were being blamed for shit it was the same shit like when the like the memphis three like the metalheads like got blamed for killing these this kid or these kids and like yeah because of who they were they because like of what they 10 years like. in jail pretty much because of it yeah and- yeah and they got three documentaries made out of it these guys you know spent their whole a good portion of their life in jail yeah so that was obviously appealing to us as kids we were just like "Ooh, this is like scary and like is this real like i remember like all that shit so the gate was like number one and and i actually like you know when itunes came about and when i started like buying digital movies Mm. and like and like storing them and so that i had like cool shit to watch when i was on tour like if we didn't have wi-fi if we were just in the van yeah the gate was one of the first ones i i bought um because of like pure like nostalgia you know it's all nostalgia like i love i'm i mean i fucking love nostalgic shit i hate getting older i think it's (laughs) like i'm like definitely one of those guys that want like my comfort you know to especially like during this year which has been a rough one for all of us like especially like a year ago when we were fully locked down a year ago me and my wife were sick with coronavirus sitting on the couch over here oh damn you guys got through it thank you but like we watched so much nostalgic shit i bought this thing i don't know what it was but like our hearts and souls like needed that like for comfort i bought this fucking little mini nes oh yeah we're sitting there like watching because it's like preloaded with games. We're yeah. sitting there watching old shit that we love. We were like watching music videos that we loved when we were kids and finding them on YouTube and watching old music videos like from yeah. when we were children and playing video games, playing Excite Bike and like uh, fucking Dr. Mario and all that shit. And um, so, yeah, we, we went full nostalgia for the first like half of the year, first half of like the pandemic. And oh, the, yeah. gate, the gate was definitely something I visited. I would watch it. She didn't like watching shit like that. So like I, I always just when she falls asleep, I put on some shit. So even if it, it's a gnarly movie, the gate isn't a gnarly movie. It's funny. Like some of the some of like the I don't know who was making the little mon- little demon monster guys and stuff that would like chew on their ankles and, and shit. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's kind of goofy looking, but nostalgic nonetheless. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Every time I find an old movie that I like uh, used to watch a lot, I like have to rewatch it because uh like, for instance, you know, like Three Ninjas is because I grew up in the 90s and stuff like that. I was born in 92. And uh, so like Three Ninjas is one that I grew up on. I found that the other day. And then my parents used to show me movies all the time. So I grew up on some movies that were older as well, like both The Wizard from, you know, with uh, Fred Savage. That's, yeah, that was on HBO Max. I had to watch that. And then like uh, same with uh, Class Act with Kid and Play. I was like, I have to watch. Oh, that. my God. I saw that recently. Really? That's one of my favorites. It was on from TV. Was yeah. Kid. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I love the kid and play movies. Yeah. Uh, the wizard also was in that. Jenny Lewis is in that. The musician. I think so. Yeah, I think she's the girl in that. I remember that. It's what his like little brothers, kind of like a video game prodigy. 
Yep, and, and like, Christian they, Slater is the inter- older brother and stuff. Yeah. Oh fuck, I forgot Christian Slater was in it. Yeah. Who's the kid? Like who's the who's Fred Savage's? I think his uh, little brother. brother. I don't think he went on to really do anything, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I guess. And I think they introduced the power glove. Like, yeah. I think that was like a marketing. <laughs> the movie was like a whole like write off to like market the power glove or something. Yeah, when he meets that kid at the diner, he just like randomly whips it out, and they're like, "Holy shit, what is that?" Oh. He's like, "It's the power glove." <laughs> <laughs> no, I have should... a great a great picture every time my it's our, the drummer of Avalanche in Movie Life's name. We call him the Rat. His name's Brett. He <laughs> uh, there's we have an amazing picture of him as like a, I don't even know five or six year old like. And he just got the power glove for Christmas and he's like wearing the power glove. Hell yeah. I like to post it when it's his birthday. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's one of those things that uh, it would be cool just to have like one sitting around, you know, like on your collection or whatever, you know, just like an old ass power glove that, you know, if it like still kind of looked decent and all that stuff. But yeah. But um, speaking of, is so would you say The Gate is your all time favorite horror movie? I know like uh, like that's one thing that I like about horror movies is some people, you know, they pick, you know, when it comes to favorites, they might pick what they think is the best horror movie. And then some people, it's like, to me, I feel like when you pick a favorite, it's completely fine if you pick one that's just fun and favorite to you. Like, if you're... Oh, totally. Yeah, like, if you have a favorite that ends up being one that everybody else thinks is shit, but it's a favorite to you because of this reason, it's like, then I say you should never be ashamed of it being your... Like, for instance, my favorite Scream, but, like, a lot of, like, old school horror fans might be like, how like, it's good, but it's not... How's it your favorite? And I'm like, it's... You know, I grew up in the 90s, so I was attached to Scream the same way some of them are, like, attached to, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or the same way they're attached to Halloween, and it's like... So that's why it's my favorite, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about my taste in movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm the one watching it. Like, I really don't care. You could judge me all you want. Like, my, I, in my top five favorite movies of all time is Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, fuck That's, yeah. The, I, I think it's a great fucking movie. But if someone, if, if I'm in an intellectual conversation at dinner with some of my wife's work colleagues or something, like, so what's your favorite movie? And I'm like, right now it's Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, uh, well, it's like the Criterion collection of like, no, like whatever's going to make me feel good. And, and like, and, and like, yeah, so, um, I would say the gate is when you, when you reached out to me about this, I instantly said yes. And then had a very quick think. I didn't want to think too hard about it. Yeah. I had a very quick think about like what just popped into my head as the first thing. And the, and definitely the one you've watched the most and still watch to this day. Like I'll be in the van on tour and show it to guys on the TV. Like, Oh, you haven't seen this? Check it out. So like, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's my all time favorite for nostalgic reasons, not for like, any other reason than that it's definitely yeah. you know technically it's probably not the best horror movie of all time yeah um but you did mention like you know an older and a newer so that's what i kind of like that that was where i kind of went like you know and and, and the horror the, the spoof hysterical kind of popped into my head like when we got on this because i didn't even realize it was a horror spoof until way later in life like i i just i didn't need to label it as anything i was just like this is a movie me and my brothers watch every week you know yeah so yeah i chose i chose the gate as my older one and then i definitely have a newer one that i is another one that i bought Mm. you know like loaded it onto my ipad to make sure it's there when when we need it like if i if i need to watch a movie don't have wi-fi and i want to watch something that i love yeah what's your favorite what's your favorite more current horror movie see that's hard for me because uh like for instance my favorite of last year was possessor but like mm-hmm. my favorite of the past five or six years is hereditary. 
but um, okay cool yeah but like my favorite right now is probably like i've been really enjoying that movie uncle peckerhead which i actually just released an episode with them but uh that's oh, why with, with who with uh the director from uncle peckerhead and uh two of the people that acted in the movie and stuff like that oh fuck yeah that's awesome but it, that's a super fun one and i highly recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it it's on amazon prime and tubi which is free and um oh cool it's uh pretty much about this punk band that they are about to go on their first tour and they need a van because uh theirs gets uh repossessed so they uh they're going around putting out flyers on people's cars and they end up uh finding this guy who like offers to take them and come to find out that at midnight he turns into a man-eating monster <laughs> so they have to like find a way to keep it at bay and it's very fun and just like uh practical effects filled and everything so it's very uh, oh, like cool. throwback to like the midnight movie and stuff like that so it's very fun i recommend it for sure but uh, I will definitely check that out. I will oh, definitely yeah. check that out. Which, uh, what was your uh, new pick? I went with Bone Tomahawk. Fuck yes, I love Bone Tomahawk. Me too. I was late to the game, and like, and full disclosure, like, I don't, I haven't seen so many movies. Like, I'm yeah. not a horror guy, and and and, but I like horror movies. You know, yeah. when I like them, and um, I found, I don't remember how I found Bone Tomahawk. I think I was no, I do know how i found bone tomahawk on like itunes like on the apple tv yeah they have like a 99 cent section mm-hmm. where like they'll just put different movies up each week like good movies like movies people want to watch not just horse shit yeah and um they'll put them up for 99 cent rentals and you get them for like two or three days i think i was like looking for something new and basically like you know, I didn't know anything about Bone Tomahawk or the director or anything else he's done or went on to do or whatever. Yeah. I just knew that it was, it looked like a Western, kind of is. Yeah. I saw that Kurt Russell was starring in it. Mm. Kurt Russell and Western is fucking, I'm in. And then I went and had a quick look to see if it was decent, if it had decent ratings. It has mm. really good ratings. So I was like, oh, easy choice. Like, this is cool. Like, this is, uh, and then you know the cast is good. I think the cast is awesome. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, and Tombstone's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So Kurt Russell as Wyatt Wyatt Earp, and now Kurt Kurt Russell basically plays Wyatt Earp in this fucking movie. He's the sheriff. Yeah. Basically wandered into this movie like late night style. Wife's asleep. I'm smoking a ball, and I'm just kind of like cool. And I think instantly, as soon as it started, I was like, I fucking love this movie. Oh yeah. This is great. I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. Um I didn't know it was going to go to some strange place with like the um the creatures that are, you know, uh, that abducted the the dude's wife. Yeah. I didn't really like when it got there, I was totally into it. It wasn't like this it wasn't too sharp a turn for me and so much gross shit happens. <laughs> like some of the most violent shit. Uh, that one scene with the i won't completely ruin it but with the the guy in the cave when they kind of just like after they're all locked up or whatever and stuff oh my god the fucking but like you said that whole cast is stacked i mean the movie opens up with a very good scene with uh sid haig rest in peace and david arquette mm-hmm. and like you said you kind of like where the fuck is this going because i think if i'm not mistaken they're like robbing people and shit and then out of nowhere yeah. like sid haig gets his throat cut like i don't mind spoiling that because it's like within the first 10 minutes but like he's like violently gets killed out of nowhere and you're like what the fuck and yeah. then like you don't really kind of know like it kind of like lends into like what you said what happens later and stuff but then uh it's got matthew fox if i'm not mistaken it's got um patrick is it patrick what's, what's the it? yeah the dude from the conjuring 
Yeah, from Insidious. Yeah, and like he's from he's from The Conjuring <laughs> and Insidious actually, because he's the uh, dad oh, in Insidious as well. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Wilson. I don't know his Patrick name. I feel like it's Patrick Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I should know it too because I'm a big fan of his because he's like in everything. Like he's in The Watchmen. I love that movie. He's in Conjuring. I love that. He's in Aquaman. I'm not the biggest fan, but I enjoyed it. You know, I'm a DC yeah, fan, good. so like I paid attention to you know like who's in the shit. But so right, like, right. I know I knew his name. I was just like, where is it? <laughs> but uh, nah, um, that's a great his one. Name, sure. uh... The dad and fucking stepbrothers is fucking amazing as the deputy. Oh, yeah. Uh, is his name? I wish I knew these guys. I'm pretty bad at that shit. I don't know his name. He's fucking good, though. He's a great actor. Wish I could tell you his name. I would look it up on my phone, but I'm filming this on my phone. I got you. Um, I'm look it up. I always get him mixed up with Brad Wilkinson because that's the guy that plays opposite him in uh, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, okay. That dude is... He kind of blew me away. I mean, he's amazing. Stepbrothers as a funny dude. You have his name? No, I was just agreeing with oh, okay. you. I, said- uh, um, I watched him in something else. Um, he's in like a little mini series on HBO with Francis McDormand called Olive Kittredge. I recommend watching that. It's super fucking depressing, but yeah. uh, he showed a lot. He, sh- I was like, oh, this dude's a real deal. Yeah. And he's he's got a pretty comedic. He's probably like the comedic element in uh, Bone Tomahawk, too. That he the has way, some funny lines. The way he's kind of like a bumbling, not like a bumbling idiot, but at times he kind of acts stupid a little bit and stuff like that. It almost like makes it funny and stuff. But uh, his name was Richard Jenkins. That's Richard Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the dude. Yeah, there's like little cameos too. the dude. Um, have you seen that movie in a world Mm-mm. with uh, Lake Bell? It's like a, it's like a it's a comedy. It's really funny. Basically, the like Don LaFontaine, the movie trailer voiceover guy. OK, he passes away and then all the voiceover people in, in L.A. start jockeying for position okay. uh, to see who's like the next big voiceover person and one of the stars in that is like the bartender in in the scene like when they're in the pub and shit before they before they leave yeah the town to go like arrest the arquette yeah he's like behind the bar and shit so i was like oh man he's got a lot of people i like in this movie like hell yeah um yeah bone tomahawk is like amazing i was actually over my brother and sister-in-law as i went over to the bronx last week and hung out with them and i mentioned that we were doing this pod because we were going to do it last week and then we had to move it to this week and they're like oh what do do you have going on tomorrow and i was like oh i'm actually recording a pod about my favorite horror movies and they're like oh like what are you choosing and i i chose the gate and uh, i told them i chose the gate and i told them we didn't discuss hysterical I'm surprised my brother wasn't like, what about hysterical? Even though it's technically not a horror movie, it's a comedy really. But yeah. um, I mentioned Bone Tomahawk and my sister-in-law was like, oh, I thought that sucked. And I was like, really? It's like, yeah, just like the beginning of it. I couldn't get into it. And I'm like, so like, did you even see all the sick shit that happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you get that far? Like, go watch the whole thing. I absolutely love that movie. And I could watch it any time of the day, even though yeah. it gets really fucking gnarly and gross and like violent and stressful. I could watch it and it's like a comfort film for me. Yeah. You ever uh, get that? You know what I mean? Like, even if something's completely like not oh, it's yeah. the opposite of comfortable, like it's still comforting to you because of your relationship with it. You know, what's funny is I was actually just talking to the dudes from uh, the uh, the newer hardcore band uh, Move VHC last night. Cause they're going to be on the podcast the week after uh, their episode will drop the week after yours. And um, we were talking about it and uh, one of uh, their vocalists, Corey, he likes horror movies, but he's still scared of them and stuff. And he was right. asking, he, he like randomly was like, he's like, you're probably one of those guys that just watches like the gnarliest shit at like 11 AM. Don't you? And I was like, 
I was like, I watch a horror movie every night to go to sleep. Sometimes, like I put on, I put on Hannah, uh, Cannibal Holocaust to go to sleep. Sometimes, like it's just right. I don't know, it's, not, <laughs> it's not like it's comforting. Like, you, but what the thing is is like with most horror movies, they start off like slow and not very comforting. But like you know, they're just kind of slow and like you know, if you're trying to watch something humorous, you know, I start to laugh. Like it, it it's harder to go to like you know, some people go to sleep with nothing on, and like I can turn the TV off and go to sleep sometimes, but. Uh, like little noises will kind of keep me awake and shit like that you know if i so like yeah. i'd rather have like a steady noise so i do kind of sleep with the tv on most nights but uh oh me too i usually fall asleep to something like yeah. to fall asleep to like a movie or tv show or something yeah so usually i pick like a drama or a horror movie because it's something that's not going to be like if i've already seen it it won't grip my attention like that because i know it's going to happen but if it's something that's funny like you still laugh at something funny the second time you see it you know what i mean so oh yeah and find other funny shit about it you know yeah, so I sit there and like it'll pull me back in if it's something funny because I'll just keep watching and shit. But try to like even if I'm watching some stressful, I say stressful. <laughs> if it's like, uh, you know, if I'm doing that, I will cleanse the palate. Yeah. Like, I, like I've been rewatching Breaking Bad, which is a very stressful show. Yeah, and there's also some really gross shit that happens there too. But like mainly, it's just stressful. You know, the yeah. first few seasons are like he has this big secret, you know, and like I would fall asleep the first time I watched Breaking Bad. Like when it first came out, I would like have really stressful dreams because of the stressful shit I was falling asleep to. Yeah. Also, that's the kind of show you need to follow. So I don't really like falling asleep to shit yeah. that I need to go and backtrack with. You know what I mean? I want to fall asleep to something that like I know and that it doesn't matter if I miss shit yeah. and i don't like have to backtrack philadelphia or something oh like, yeah something silly Bob's like, burgers is a good one for me yeah. that's a good palate cleanser for me oh, that's my wife's um, go-to <laughs> yeah i've been re-watching breaking bad the last few weeks and uh i always watch i watched a bunch last night i went i went to bed at like 4 30 a.m last night Fuck. um I, I was just fucking awake yeah and um i watched like five episodes of breaking bad last night and then i think i switched it over to uh I think you should leave. Have you seen that yet? No. What's, uh, what's that about? It's a sketch comedy uh, by this dude, Tim Robinson. Who used to oh, yeah, I did watch. For, uh... Yeah, I did watch the first episode or two of that <laughs> because uh, I started watching it with my wife and I thought it was hilarious, but she was not because I like some humor oh, that she God. doesn't. And I was yeah, really yeah. into it, but she wasn't. And I just never returned to it. But uh, actually, now that you reminded me, I start I might start watching that when I get home oh, from work God. at night and everybody's asleep. Dude, that that might be my favorite. It's only six uh, episodes, so I, you can't really say it's your favorite of all time compared yeah. to other shit. Like, I really love Mr. Show and I really love the state and like, um, you know, sketch comedy stuff. Yeah. But like as far as sketch comedy, it's the best season of sketch, sketch comedy I've seen in a while. Oh, and yeah. I found that like total laugh out loud uh, every single episode. And I find that the last two, like the fifth and sixth um, episodes, I think are the funniest. Yeah. So you have, you have something to look forward to there. Like, Oh yeah. That fucking show is great. So I put that on as like a, something goofy um, to fall asleep to after the stress of like breaking bad. So that my brain, it doesn't like stay on that stress level as I go to sleep. You know? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, though. Uh, one of my favorites is only six episodes long, and I used to watch the shit out of it until they took it off of Hulu, but uh, Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter. I oh, cool. Know, I've I never heard of that. Oh, my God. It's fucking, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh, shit. John, um, you ever watch Parks and Rec? Parks yeah. And Rec? He plays uh, Jeremy Jam. His name's John. Uh, he also did that show Gear on TBS or whatever. But anyways, he plays pretty much a werewolf hunter, and he comes to town. It's an adult swim show, and it's very, okay. like, like that kind of humor but it's it's hilarious if you can find it it's very worth watching but it's kind of hard to find because of uh 
like I said, it was on Hulu and then it got taken off and they haven't put it on HBO Max yet. But I believe okay. that's who's got Adult Swim's contract now, so it could pop up any day. But yeah, I've been noticing HBO Max has a bunch of that stuff, so yeah, uh, I'll keep I'll keep an eye out for that. Oh yeah, um, HBO Max is cool. I'm I'm glad we got HBO Max. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. That's so fucking funny. What the fuck was on? I had something on, and then the next movie just came on. But what's on the TV right now is fucking Night of the Living Dead, and I don't really fucking know why. Why is this on? Hold on one second. I need to know why this is on okay that's so fucking funny i had once upon a time in high i was getting work done and i like to have something on like in the background yeah i was doing some like like stuffing packages and envelopes and stuff and once upon a time in hollywood was on which i thought i lo- absolutely love that movie yeah no, so I, enjoyed I, it I, put, well. I put that on as some background stuff and uh i just looked at my tv and night of the living dead is on so it's just uh hbo max or no is it hbo max Oh, Hulu. Hulu just put that on next. Yeah, Hulu will just, <laughs> run, just like run some random shit for sure. That's my wife. I'll be like, you watched all this shit? You watched this already? And I'm like, no. I'm like, yeah. oh, Hulu was running for like 36 hours straight like while we, we didn't have our TV on. Yeah. yeah, according to Hulu, I've watched six seasons of X-Files and I have not. I want to, but I have not. Every time I fall asleep with a movie on, I wake up like in Mulder and Scully in my face. I'm like, God damn it. What's the <laughs> Right. But uh, um, I'm surprised they put that on after one point of time in Hollywood. Kind yeah, of a random place to go. That's kind of what I was always thinking, because like it would go from movie to show for me. Like it would go from a movie to X-Files. I'm like, most of the time it goes from movie to movie. Like, what? it's it's like been a random thing with Hulu. Like it always like no matter what I watch most times, unless it's like a show that's going to continue itself. You know, if I watch right, a, right. if I watch a movie or anything shorter, it goes immediately to X-Files. But uh, yeah. I will say, though, that going back to Bone Tomahawk before we move on, I was kind of lucky that I knew it was going to get a little gory because I saw S. Craig Zoller, uh, the director, his first movie. What was his first movie? I think it's called uh, Brawl and Subblock 99. It's got Vince Vaughn in it. And um, yes, have you seen that? I have not seen it, okay. I, but it's been recommended by a friend that probably watches as much horror as you do. Oh, yeah. Because I, I talk I talked to him about Bone Tomahawk and he's like, oh, you got to check out that. You got to check out Dragged Across Concrete. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Now, Jagger Cross Concrete, I still need to check out myself, but it's finally, uh, I think that one's finally streaming. So I just uh, got to find the time because he's got link to his movies for sure. But uh, Brawl and Soul Black 99, I would say is not as strong as Bone Tomahawk, but it's probably just as fun, like, you know, just as like crazy and like uh, fast paced. Well, Bone Tomahawk does have some slow parts throughout, you know, because of its length, but uh, Brawl and Soul Black 99, I don't know. It's just like, it's one of those movies where it's like, the story is completely different, but it still has such of the director's flavor in it that you can like easily see it and stuff. So he's one of those people that he'll put like any situation he'll like that he can put over the top gore and he does it. And uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 is awesome. And I actually like to see somebody use Vince Vaughn's size to their advantage for once. Like that's a towering motherfucker and he's never he's beaten the dude. shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. It's like he could easily like handle some people if he probably wanted to. And it's like they never do that in a movie. So it was cool to see that. It's kind of cool to see. I don't know if you saw Freaky, that movie that came mm-hmm. out at the end of last year but that one was actually surprisingly really good too it's oh is that where they comedy, change but... his bodies with like his uh, with a like a millennial yeah. female or something <laughs> i haven't seen it we it's watched hilarious. the trailer of it and i wanted to watch i don't think my wife wanted to watch it or something yeah i want to see that yeah i recommend it for sure i should be writing this shit down man <laughs> but i will say that about um bone tomahawk like those slow parts yeah. That you just mentioned like when it does slow down i absolutely i thoroughly enjoy the slow parts i think being in the american west you know what i mean i just yeah. like i just like that and I, I i do that on tour like as soon as i get into that zone and that kind of landscape when we're out on the road i feel like oh damn this is like 
just like in the movies growing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I remember the first time I got West, I immediately was just like, it was familiar to me. And um, I just like being, I like being there and being, being there in person or just being there, you know, on my couch drinking yeah. a beer. Hell yeah. No, and another thing that makes the, like uh, the slow parts not feel so slow is like he, he writes such great dialogue. So like between, you know, the, um, like you said, the beautiful c- scenery of like the old Westerns, especially, you know, with like, the lens of today's cameras and everything on top of like uh when they're talking you kind of get gripped by the conversations like you said richard jenkins is funny mm-hmm. matthew fox makes it easy to kind of like love to hate him type thing and you know kurt russell's just kind of like <laughs> like you said he's pretty much wider the whole time it's like him being a badass yeah. and shit so it's a very fun movie and especially when you like like when you've watched it the first time and you go back to watch it again those parts are even funner because it's like you're watching it knowing what they're going into and you're just like man if these motherfuckers just knew <laughs> I know. Uh, I was explaining the the cave scene. There's a few gross things that happen in that cave. Yeah. Um, like when I was explaining the scene <laughs> that will let everybody who's watch, uh, listening to this will definitely know if they've seen the movie, what we're talking about. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I'm certainly going to, um, you know, promote the fact that we've been we've had this chat. So I think there'll be some people that maybe some people that uh, are into your pod or that are into my music that'll check out Bone Tomahawk, considering we spent so much time talking about it and just like reveling in it. Um, yeah, the the cave scene, like the cave scene, which is one of the one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen in a movie. And like, well done, too. There's yeah. gnarly shit that I've seen in movies that didn't impact me as much as that fucking scene. But I also like like when after uh, like when Kurt Russell gets into it with those guys in, in the caves. Yeah, there's some gnarly shit there with the flask that yeah. they take out of the fireplace and shit mm. <laughs> like that shit's fucking good, too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's when it's made well, like. I mean, that guy's sick. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing, the, especially, I like Vince Vaughn. So I, especially like seeing him in one of his movies and Dragged Across Concrete is just like, I wish that I named the band that. That's just <laughs> such a good title. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> a great title. Um, I agree. So I know, I know I'm going to dig like whatever this guy does. Um, what's his name again? I, I'm, I'm the worst with that shit. Uh, I, S- I forget the director. It's uh, Craig Zoller. The only thing that sucks is he did everything for this company called Cinestate, and uh, they went under because of like the uh, another director apparently was like abusing his like staff and all this shit. And so like, okay, pretty much Cinestate got in a bunch of trouble for like letting abuse happen and stuff. So they got shut down. Um, I don't believe S. Craig Zoller got any like he didn't do anything personally, but because he did all of his films through them already. And he was actually a writer beforehand. I've never read any of his novels, but they said that he like writes a bunch of novels that are very similar, like very violent and, um, you know, like in the same kind of, you know, kind of like action, but not like, you know, action heavy, you know? Right. So uh, which that's what I would call like Brawl and Cell Block 99. I, like where you put Western horror with uh, what's it called? I'd put like like action horror, I guess. Where does that take place? Cell Block 99. Um, mostly in prison it's but in like what state oh i honestly wouldn't be able to tell you okay it's not but it's not like that doesn't matter yeah no yeah yeah, not at all but uh so i don't know if we'll ever see anything from him again because he wasn't heavily like into the directing anyways he was more like i said a writer he was just like doing a couple movies and then you know like he said i think he only said he was going to do like only one more anyways or maybe even like two more so i'm sure with you know him losing his production company that was backing all of his shit he might not even you know 
go for it again. He might just go back to writing, but uh, I hope he does. I hope somebody can see like his value and maybe sign yeah. him up for a few. You know, he's definitely out there. Yeah. Like he's definitely people know about him. People know about these movies. I've certainly told a lot of people about Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, yeah, you and I watched it like at least ten times, and I only saw it for the first time like a year ago. Hell yeah. No, that was same here. I think I watched it early last year, like uh, right before the pandemic started. I just caught it on Amazon Prime or something. But uh, like you said, dragged across concrete when you see his other movies and you hear that name, it like makes you want to see it even more. Because you're like, not only is it called dragged across concrete, but that motherfucker made it like I definitely want to yeah. see it now. So. Yeah. But uh, so I got a few uh, hypothetical questions. We can jump into them. And uh, it's only like two or three. Uh, well, okay. two hypotheticals and then like one more uh, kind of final question that's just uh, like story based if you have one. But uh, so my first hypothetical question is, is if and you don't have to pick a project since, you know, you have tons of them. Pretty much if somebody approached you for one of them and said, I want to make a music video for you and I want it to be a short film version of one of your favorite horror movies. Which horror movie would you choose and how <laughs> would you make it into a music video? Uh, a short film version of an actual existing movie. Yeah, just like uh, but you can remake it like. You know, you could take like just the basic of it, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like, like if you wanted to yeah. make just the Jason, you know, like just the Jason Voorhees music video, that's fine. You don't got to pick up Friday. Th- you know what I mean? That type um, of do, do thrillers count? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would go with Revenge and I, uh, I would go with uh, Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. If uh, we, it, to remake Blue Ruin into a music video. And if it's like a, a hateful kind of song and a, a, a revengey kind of song. Like, I think that would be really dope. Yeah. Jeremy Saulnier is probably like uh, one of my top, like want guests, you know, like if I could find him and get him on the show, I'd be stoked. Cause you know, he had a green room as well. That was uh, hell yeah, ex- excellent. So, and then uh, Macon Blair as well. He's excellent. He, you know, the guy that stars in blue ruin yeah. and he's in uh, all of Jeremy Saulnier's films. I think he also did hold the dark, which is like a new Netflix film. Oh, yeah. Is that a horror a thriller? Oh, yeah. Look, uh, I actually just watched the trailer like last night and it actually looks pretty good. It's a horror thrill. It looks more thrillerish, but it looks like it has like some horror aspects to it. But it had Ooh, a pretty good cast. So. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I think it was written by Macon Blair, if I'm not mistaken, but directed by Jeremy uh, Solnier. Oh, um, cool. They do good work together. Yeah. Um, I love Green Room. Blue Ruin kind of popped up when you asked me, like when you when you hit me up to do this, Blue Ruin did pop up. Yeah, but I just felt like it maybe wasn't a horror movie. So, but it's fucking so good. Yeah, definitely, I, I recommend definitely it. one of my favorite movies. It's become one of my favorite ones. We've actually more on more than one occasion, like when there's there's like a projection wall in a venue. Sometimes, like if they're like, oh, if you want something, I've had like multiple shows where I've played a set with Blue Ruin playing on a huge screen behind us. Oh yeah. I've, I, I played a solo acoustic set with that. <laughs> very moody. And we did a full set. Uh, we did an I Am The Avalanche show in Virginia Beach. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, like right close to you. Damn, with I Blue Ruin. Just the last thing, dude. And it kind of like it was relative too. like, you know, that takes like that starts on the beach. Like he's yeah. living on the beach and he's in Delaware, I think. I've actually been to that beach, which made, which made it cool, like Rehoboth Beach and Dewey Beach. Yeah. is kind of where they were i've gone there with some friends and had like some fun fun times down at that beach but yeah i would do definitely try and do a play on uh, blue, blue ruin yeah no and that's uh that scene when the guy when he finally like pops the trunk with the guy in it that fucking holds that scene is probably so tense i don't like i don't even know <laughs> why because he's just like standing there with a gun and shit and, like the, the whole phone situation or whatever but it's just like i don't know that the whole movie is pretty tense, like that scene. And then, of course, the ending standoff with like the ladies and shit like that. That whole part's pretty. Uh, yeah. Amazing. There's yeah. not one. There's not one part of that movie that I don't love. 
Yeah. And I love um, what I like about the movie is if you go in blind, it doesn't just say like, oh, this is what he's doing. And this is why like you have to pick it up as it goes along. You're kind of like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like at, at the very beginning. It's, uh, so it's one of those that going in blind is definitely uh, how I recommend going in for sure. I went in blind. Um, I I heard it was a good movie. Yeah. My friend who told me about it did not. He just told me it was a revenge movie, a revenge film. Yeah, I didn't know anything about the guys that made it. I did not know the movie was crowdfunded. I I yeah. went back and read about this stuff afterwards. Um, so I love that. So I love to hear that a movie's good. Yeah, or to or to see or or for it to come into my realm. I will sometimes look it up and just see if it's worthwhile. And I'm not saying yeah. like there's plenty of movies that I like that critics didn't like. Or that people on the whole didn't like. Yeah. But sometimes I will just make sure it's worthwhile. Like, I don't want to be caught watching a shitty movie. Like, I'd rather watch something good, you know? Like, yeah. So that, that like ticked all the boxes. I mean, that's quite an achievement, that movie. Yeah. Now I jumped into that one just be- like literally just off of watching Green Room. I was like, this movie's excellent. I loved it. So I was like, what else has he done? And then uh, I saw that he did Blue Ruin. But I think it took somebody actually recommending it to me or like listening to another podcast and somebody else just like mentioned it. And I never got like caught wind of what the actual story was. I think like you said, I like if it was a podcast, they might have said it was a revenge movie or something like that. But or that it started making Blair as well or whatever. I think that's what it was is I think I was listening to a podcast where they like broke down horror movies and they were breaking down Green Room. So they mentioned mm-hmm. that making Blair start in all of his movies and that there was plans for like a trilogy that was supposed to be like Blue Ruin, Green Room. And now there's supposed to be a new one coming out called Red Something. OK, God, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, his um, next movie is like Red Something, if I'm not mistaken. And then that's supposed to be like there's supposed to be like a trilogy of really tense thrillers. And that's why like Green Room is kind of the same style as Blue Ruin, even though they're completely different God. stories. Yes, but super tense. Super yeah. stressful. I saw Blue Ruin first and then and, and then, you know, got Green Room like when it came out. Um, yeah. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it when it came when it became like rentable on iTunes or buyable on iTunes. I just bought yeah. it instead of renting it because I knew I was going to like it Hell and yeah. that I was going to have to rent it a few more times, you know? Yeah. Um, but I do like Blue Ruin a little bit more than Green Room. Oh, yeah. No, I can definitely uh, see that. I personally like Green Room more, but I think it's I think if I would have seen them the vice versa, then I might like, you know what I mean? Like if I had the attachment to Blue Ruin first, I probably would like that one a little bit more because they're so close as far yeah. as like how I feel. I about think them that's myself. probably why I like it more because Green yeah. Room is like as a touring guy and a band guy, like it's like yeah, it couldn't have been more like made for me as far as the fact that I was already interested in the, in their first film. And like, yeah, I, I actually have to go and watch Green Room again. I haven't seen it in at least a year. I, I think I showed it Netflix to somebody too. on tour. Oh, I'm glad I bought it. I, I, yeah. I, you know, like we I never like I bought a lot of DVDs, especially on tour, um, yeah. because like way back in the day, like early movie life day, like 2002, 2003. Yeah, a girl, a girl I was dating at the time bought me like a mini DVD player that like opened up with like a mini like four inch screen. Yeah. And I remember that being like five hundred dollars at the time because it was just like, wow, you have your own DVD player. Oh, yeah. And, I remember the, fact, and the, the battery would die. It would last like one movie. But <laughs> we had, a you know, a power inverter in there and I could have it plugged in all the time and just watch movies all the time. So I just I would like get 20 bucks a day for like food or whatever. And I would eat peanut butter and jelly off the rider and like buy DVDs at yeah. truck stops and shit. But uh, me and my wife will like get home. And sometimes like 
like our neighborhood's pretty fun. Like there's bars and restaurants and shit. So like if we get a little bit tipsy at one of our neighborhood bars and we get home, I'm way more prone to being like, all right, let's find a movie. And then I'll be like, mm, it's only $14.99, you know, to rent it's like six bucks, you know, like yeah. So we end up with a lot of movies like that. But we've like, I'm pretty happy with our digital movie ownership. Hell yeah. It's it's fucking like it, it it's top notch as well as far as as far in my opinion it's top notch. Yeah. No, um, I have I'm a uh, Blu-ray buyer myself, but I do have a few movies that like are really expensive on Blu-ray, so I've just said fuck it and bought them digitally like uh uh like Martyrs is like a friend is like a uh foreign horror movie that's very like uh extreme and stuff like that and people kept recommending that to me because i'd never seen it so i was like fuck it i'm buying it and just watching it so i bought that for like 10 bucks on amazon prime same thing with like uh funny games uh the remake of funny games i don't know if you've ever seen that but that's a pretty tense movie uh and i highly recommend that one as well but i saw that popped up uh in front of me recently funny games hbo max has the original version so you might have seen it up there but uh they made it pretty much what it was is they made a it's a french film and the original version is the same exact film as the remake because the director, uh, Tyler Henneke, who made the original, um, remade the uh, remake, but he just made it with like a, an American cast and stuff like that. And it's the right. only Americanized remake that I actually think is better. And it's because the cast is so stacked. It's Tim Roth, Naomi Watts. Shit, what's his name? The uh, the kid that plays Jimmy Jarmandy in um, Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if you ever watched that, but uh, he was also I- in um, <sighs> that movie Bully. I don't know if you've ever seen Bully, where they about where they kill the uh, Nick Stahl's character or whatever, but. I don't think I've never seen Boardwalk Empire. It's on the list. You know, those shows like how have you never seen that? It's like on the list of like things I have to look forward to. You know what I mean? Oh, it's excellent. And And it's so small now. It's like far as only five seasons because it's over, you know. So They filmed that down the street for me, too, like down in our neighborhood, too. So that's kind of cool to. um, But no, I have not seen. uh, I'm trying to think of who you're who you're. It's not Michael Penn, right? No, but. uh I think his name's Michael, but funny games is so, but that's pretty much just what I was getting at is there's just a couple that, you know, I would buy because, Oh, Michael Pitt was his name. Michael Pitt. Michael Penn is Sean Penn's brother who passed away. Michael Pitt. Yeah. I got into a conversation with Michael Pitt at uh, my friend's wedding. Oh, really? <laughs> Strangely enough. Yeah. I'm a huge I got into, like, I was... a half hour conversation with the guy at my friend's wedding. Hell yeah. Uh, and and uh, I was aware that he was in Boardwalk Empire, but I had never seen it yeah and like my other friend was like dude that's like i'm like i've never seen it so i don't i have uh i know i've seen him in something since i can't fucking think of what i saw him in since but yeah now i've always thought he'd be a good riddler to be honest with you just because he's like his look he always uh in the way i don't know if you've like you said you said haven't seen borok empire but because the way he's like always dressed as a gangster and that i always imagine that just green so i'm like yeah you could probably pull the riddler off but yeah but, uh, to go into the uh but yeah just uh i recommend that one as well if you haven't seen it but now nah, i was just that's one that it's like 30 dollars to get the blu-ray or i could just 10 dollars on amazon prime and have it digitally right. or whatever so i was like i'll do that but uh so my next uh hypothetical question for you is Pretty much, would you ever want to score a horror movie? And if so, like what kind of uh, subgenre horror movie would you want to do? Would you want to do a horror comedy or would you want to do something like uh, more horror thriller or like even sci-fi horror? I'd probably go. I'd probably go to thriller. Like it goes back to my like affin- affinity with Blue Ruin. I mean, something yeah. like that. I think I could like get down with. I think if it was straight horror or even like the, like a vintage kind of horror thing, like a lot of that like synth, you know, early synth stuff. Yeah, um, I think I'd rather go. I wouldn't have as much fun doing that as I would like make something more modern and textural yeah. and 
vibey, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Um, I think I would go that way. It, it would speak more to like my sensibilities like now, you know? Yeah. More where you actually like are building the tension and stuff like that instead of like kind of grooving along with the movies. Because like that's one thing about some of the sit stuff is like it never really like even though it does like kind of build attention, it's never in the same way. It's like I don't know. It's almost like I mean, they're all soundtracks to the movies, but I don't know. It's almost like a uh, like almost just like placing music on top of the movie in a way that just makes the movie like flow to where yeah. when you have like just tension building in the soundtrack, it like actually like like helps you like feel what you're supposed to feel, you know, which I guess when you watch like a straight up horror movie, a lot of times it's like. Um, especially something that's kind of like more goofy and campy, like say Halloween three, for instance, how that's like super uh um in the score and stuff like that. So that's a course like you know what you're watching with you know, there's no reason to be like attention building. But also also at the same time, what I hate about those is they have like like these jamming synth soundtracks and then all of a sudden it's like <laughs> booming sound to scare you where it's like I'd rather have like some very like small strings sounds that like you know that like this is supposed to be tense and then like yeah like a crescendoing like violin you know building up or something like that just yeah i like that i like a soundscape you know what i mean like that kind of that's more what i would be interested in doing yeah no that's the perfect word for it like it builds more of a soundscape instead of just like a soundtrack like that's kind of the difference i feel like but and then my final question for you pretty much is uh do you have any horror stories of your own and they could be from either being on the road you know uh playing music or it could be from just you know something scary as shit that happened to you and if you believe in the paranormal you're uh more than welcome to share one of those stories as well Oh God. Holy shit. Um, there's plenty of shit. I've been alive. <laughs> I've been alive for 41 years. I'll say if there's a couple you can, I mean, you're more than welcome to share more than one, but I think of some gory shit <laughs> or it's just scary stuff that's happened. Yeah. I guess it's not all horror related, but I'll rattle off a few scary things that I've been through. <laughs> okay. Scariest thing I've been through was a van wreck on tour. Oh, damn. Um, uh, North Dakota driving five in the morning hit black ice van rolls over trailer terrifying thought i was gonna die like thought i was gonna die yeah we all got out relatively unscathed there was some broken bones and some stitches and things like that but like you know the van was wrecked and the trailer was wrecked and things that are replaceable not easily for kids that are like 19 years old yeah but um that's easily the most i'm not i won't go into full detail about any of this shit but that was easily the most terrifying uh thing and it still affects me to this day oh yeah Um, i can imagine going through that yeah going to the city for the first time i talked about this i think on another podcast i don't know remember how we got on it but uh my mom went and listened to the podcast (laughs) And didn't know, you know, moms, parents don't know, like, some of the shit you got into when you were young, you know what I mean? You don't tell them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, my brother calling me on tour and being like, "Uh, mom's been listening to some of your podcast interviews and, like, finding out about some shit that she didn't know about. I'm like, oh, shit. So my mom was like, I I feel like a terrible mom and shit. Like, no, like that was our job as like 12, 13 year old or whatever to like not, you know, to keep the shit from you. But another terrifying thing that happened. You're a good mom. That's why we kept it from you, because if you're a bad mom, I would have just done it in front of you. (laughs) First time I ever went in the city without my parents. I was like 12. Yeah. And uh, I went with one of my older brothers. He was like 15. And uh, first time I ever went to the city, you know, without parental supervision we were going there to like go buy hardcore t-shirts like we were going to go to bleaker bobs buy a minor threat i wanted a minor threat shirt i got a minor threat i got i got my minor threat shirt i bought a black flag shirt these basically these kids started following us it was like three of us me and my brother and one of my brother's friends 
these kids started following us like t- a group of 10 of them yeah and it was very clear that they were following us and they're getting closer and walking faster so we ran and uh we're sprinting and we see a cab we just open the back door of the cab and jump in and be like go 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 yeah he was sitting at a red light and he's like what the fuck's going on these kids catch up they were like pretty close behind us yeah they, they open the cab door and start pulling my brother out of the cab and like we're holding on to my brother and they're trying to rip him out of the cab because yeah. he's closest to them Fuck that. and they start punching my brother and but he we're not getting him out of the cab finally my brother gets a hold of the handle of the door and just starts closing it on these dudes arms going like this whack, yeah. whack. and they're like ah and uh Next thing we know, like the littlest kid of them all, he was probably my age, pulls a gun out. God damn. As soon as the gun comes out, the cab driver burns through the red light. Hell yeah. This sounds like some kind of fucking movie, I know. But this definitely happened. <laughs> I've reviewed this with my brother, by the way. Yeah. I told this I told this story. My brother went and listened to the podcast where I was telling where I was talking about this because mm-hmm. my mom listened to it and was very upset. I can imagine. And, uh, <laughs> My brother's like, you forgot one thing. So once we get out of there, we go straight to Penn Station, which is where we get the train back to Long Island. Yeah. And I didn't remember this, but my brother's like, dude, you forgot like the kind of the craziest thing, like to cap it off. When we pulled up to Penn Station, our cab driver fucking hit a a guy on his bicycle. God damn it. (laughs) And I'm like, what? I didn't remember that. He's like, dude, yeah, we pulled up to like close to Penn and fucking cab driver total like totally hit a guy on his bike and like injured him yeah not that and it's we funny like, but it's so funny that you out. yeah yeah we were so freaked out um i didn't remember that part i vividly remember the other part yeah but um we were so fucking freaked out that like i don't know if we paid for the cab we could have very well just ran for our fucking lives because it was like the most traumatic like two minutes of our life and then i remember like getting on the train and my brother just being like dude you know this is it was basically like this growing moment for me he was Mm. like this is like one of those moments where like if you tell mom what happened you're never going to be able to go to the city again (laughs) and i know that was scary but like if you tell mom what happened it's going to fuck up everything for all of us (laughs) you know what i mean so this is your time to grow up a little bit and not run to mommy and you need to keep your fucking mouth shut yeah and just take it like a man kind of thing and that was, yeah. So that's just, that's another terrifying thing that happened. Oh, yeah. Fuck that shit. At that point, I would have been like, yeah, I'm not paying you for the cab driver, uh, for the cab ride, because I feel like at that point you might've got shot anyway. So you were driving for your life too, dude. So. Dude is like, fair is fair. Yeah. And you got this bike to handle. <laughs> yeah. He had to handle the bike and he wanted to talk. I, I'm sure he wanted a witness or something with hitting the guy, the bike. And I know that we were like, yeah. Just trying to get home and just, you know, no, get the fuck out of the, the concrete jungle, which oh, is exactly yeah. what it was. It was a total fucking, you know, this is, it's a different New York City than, I mean, this was in, if I was 12, it was like 90, 91, 92. Yeah. Going to New York City at that time was a little bit different than going to New York City now. Yeah. I can imagine that shit's probably... Fuck, I would have been like, as soon as my brother would have said, you can't tell moms uh, if, or else we can't go back to the city. I'd be like, fuck it. That's why I'm telling her because I ain't going back to that shit. Never mind. Like, get shot. Y'all got my ass shot. Exactly. I probably didn't want to go back to the city for a little while. But of course we did. I mean, yeah. you know, a, a little bit later, maybe two, two or three years later, you know, start going to shows in the city and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I probably didn't go again like alone for a little while because that shook me for sure yeah not gonna imagine 
shit my mom probably wouldn't have even let me go to some of the shit i would have gone i went to when i was like in high school if she'd seen like like if she actually knew how like violent hardcore shows got you know what i mean like she knows now that i'm older but back then she only kind of you know she had been to rock concerts but all that shit was like Ozfest or something like that you know or like locally we have lunacy well which is pretty much like Ozfest, but it's all those kind of bands you know so she's always yeah. seen like push pit and stuff and she's always just you know sees the big crowds and stuff she's never seen all that get put into a small ass place like peppermint beach club and pretty much be fucking just yeah. violent as hell so or even shows in vfws you know what i mean she's like where are you going to i'm just like a show she's like okay it's like not telling her that it's like in a, some random vfw or even at a bar when i'm like 17 it's just a, it's like totally uh, yeah i think but, i was only allowed to go early on because my brothers were there and yeah. like my brother's friends were there the first like 20 shows i probably went to was do you know the band VOD Vision of Disorder? Yeah, I was actually supposed to have him on the show, but uh, it was getting hard to line him up. But yeah, oh, cool. I'll talk to Tim, I'll talk to Tim and tell him to get on it. And like, uh, <laughs> so those guys are like the older, so like the, they grew up with my older brothers and yeah. we're all from the same town. So, um, oh, yeah. my, my first shows for like the first few years were just VOD yeah. and my brother and my brother's band. So, like, we like my, my parents, that was probably the only reason I was able to go. You know, yeah. and there were certain shows my brothers were like, and eh, maybe we don't want him tagging along. Do you know the band Neglect? Yeah, yeah. I've heard so, of them. They're band I don't I, like I, I don't listen to much, not because I don't like them, but I just, uh, you know, just never really jumped into them type thing. But I've yeah, definitely heard of them like oh, they're quite a bit. notorious hard uh, yeah. Long Island hardcore band. Um, the shows are pretty violent and the singer would like cut himself on stage and shit. Um, so it was like always something there was always something happened at the Neglect show. Yeah. So that was always the one that like. I didn't want like if we were going to see neglect, I didn't want my mom to know that neglect was on the bill because I think like she like heard about neglect. <laughs> so yeah. I think I, I'll have to ask my brothers, but I think there was a point where my brothers were like, Vinny can't come to this show. Like yeah. we want to just hang out with our friends and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And just they didn't want I think they may have even said like the band that's playing is like is neglect and this is their reputation. And, you know, even their songs were like most of their songs were about like suicide and like the, the singer committing suicide and oh shit yeah. um and like like if it wasn't just blatantly about suicide it would be like there's like the next song is like oh not other than me i'm just gonna take a bunch of people out before i commit suicide i'm gonna take a bunch of people out with me kind of thing yeah it was a very violent band um that we all absolutely loved growing up um yeah. the same way that we get into horror movies we're just intrigued by these things <laughs> yeah you know Hell yeah. No, I've never uh, never seen anything quite like that as far as like uh, like crazy bands, except for there was one local band. I've this band called a mess in a morgue. They were opening up for because uh, I listen to all kinds of, you know, heavy music and stuff. So like I love hardcore and punk, but also like like the heavier stuff like uh, Whitechapel and shit like that. So I went and saw Whitechapel mm -hmm. back at uh, Peppermint Beach Club like way back in the day. I don't know if you ever uh, went through there because I think I've played Peppermint Beach Club. That's Virginia Beach, right? Yeah, it's been closed for probably like it's probably been close to eight or 10 years now that it's been closed, but uh, it was real notorious for a while for being their big place. It's real close to where like Shaka's is and stuff like that. I'm sure you know Shaka's okay. and stuff, but and Peabody's and shit. So uh, I went to a show there and the band opened. It was this band called Mess in a Morgue. And literally the, the vocalist was just kind of like leaned over playing on a laptop the whole time because they were like one of those bands that has like the laptop uh -huh. shit and stuff. And so he gets up and he turns around and right as the, the set starts, he takes the microphone and it's like the, the uh, you know, the, places my the venue's microphone and he just hits himself in the forehead as hard as he can and he just starts gushing blood down his face and for yeah. the whole set he's just sitting there screaming and like bleeding all over the microphone and it was yes. like 
we were all just kind of like, what the fuck? But the funniest moment was afterwards watching the sound guy walk up there and just hold the bloody microphone and with his yeah, hands up like, dude. what the fuck, dude? You ruined my microphone. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> we played a festival. Uh, this is movie life uh, in the early, maybe like 2002, 2003. Yeah. We played a festival in Cleveland. I forget what it was called. But uh, we played the main stage. It was inside the Agora Ballroom, which was, had like multiple stages. We played the main mm. stage directly after Bad Luck 13. Oh, shit. And they were like in this zone where they had like razor wire on stage. They had like laid a tarp down. Yeah. <laughs> like they were do- They were on some like ECW type ish shit like back in the day. Like it was always like, it, you know, they have a reputation for their crowd being violent and shit like that and trashing clubs. But like. Yeah, they were doing some like they were like kind of performing some violence on stage, too. And uh, I remember getting up on stage after Bad Luck and I had the singer's microphone and there's blood all over it. And I was just like, can I please have a new microphone? (laughs) (laughs) I think that might have been the moment where I started traveling with my own microphone, to be honest. Fuck yeah, I don't blame you. To this day, like, yeah, to this day, I'm like, even if I'm like on a tour, like solo shows, whatever, I'm always like my own mic. I know where my own mic has been, especially, yeah, like now, like pandemic wise, like, fuck. Yeah. all right, my own mic, nobody's touching it except me. Bad luck That's really came, funny, though. Bad luck came through Virginia Beach and everybody was talking about how crazy it was going to be. But I think by that time they had calmed down. We had another band come through, though, called uh, I don't know if you've heard of them called Eat the Turnbuckle. And they kind of do nah. the same type of shit where they like wrestle on stage and shit with like barbed wire and stuff. And it's obvious that they kind of like, you know, borrowed it a little bit from bad luck. But it was uh that was probably the funniest shit to see because they're not like that. Like they're cool. Like their gimmicks cool and stuff. But when only like nine people show up to your show and you're going that right. hard for it, it's like at what point yeah, there's more people like, <laughs> like tonight. We're not going to do this shit. The crowd. <laughs> yeah. Like the local yeah. bands made the crowd type thing. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's Dude, that's so funny. I didn't, haven't thought about that moment in a long time. You just totally brought it back for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you want to let people know where to find you or, you know, if you want to uh, tell them where to find all the individual projects, you're more than welcome to rattle them off. Or if you just want to let them know where to find you so they can kind of follow, you know, the uh, yeah. broad spectrum. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically, you could just follow me because I'm always promoting anything I do on my page. Um, yeah. It's just Vinny Caruana on Instagram. Uh, V-I-N-N-I-E-C-A-R-U-A-N-A. Yeah, I mean, if the majority of the people that are into your your pod like are leaning more towards heavy music the heavy stuff that i do um would definitely be pieced out and um yeah there's a there's a full length up there that we released last year yeah um that's kind of like a kind of like a psychedelic heavy thing from the mind of like a totally gnarly guitar player yeah um steve Choi, who's a total shredder and uh i just try to figure out all his crazy shit and try to write shit over it and uh yeah, it's a cool kind of kind of trippy heavy record, and uh, it's slightly a concept record, loosely based on like um, like Flash Gordon getting oh, yeah. home, like finding his way home from outer space kind of thing. Oh yeah, now that's one reason uh, that I thought you would be the perfect guest for the podcast, man, because you got kind of a little bit of you know all the music that I uh, cover. Because like I said, I've had Touche Amore on the podcast, but I've, oh, you know Jeremy yeah. from them, and then I've, but I've also had. Uh, you know, uh, Martin from Terror, you know, then I got the dude from Move and then, you know, Gary from Billy Club. So and then I've cool. had like Dan from Set Your Goals as well. So like I do go all over. Oh, the, awesome. You know. He's awesome. I, lo- I haven't seen him in years. He's great. 
Yeah, yeah so I do try I, to go all around, but yeah, you have an attractive thing that I think all types of people um, who doesn't want to talk about the stuff we've been talking about, you know. Yeah. So, I, this has been one of my favorite uh, podcasts I've ever uh, taped. So thank you for that. I, great questions and stuff that I want to talk about. You know what I mean? Just fun shit and like movies and music and it's funny, like terrifying things that have <laughs> happened in life, but that we've. Uh, that you know we've gotten through so yeah no i definitely appreciate you coming on man and i appreciate all the kind words for sure that uh means a lot to me so i'm I'm gonna go back and and listen to it when it comes out because i I need to make a list of some of these movies that you've mentioned some stuff i haven't seen yet so oh yeah i appreciate it man and uh i'll talk to you later all right cheers bro thank you very much And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Make sure you check back next week as I'll be dropping the two episodes for the one-year anniversary. The first one will be featuring Nick and Corey of the band Move BHC, as well as their engineer and producer, Charlie Abend of Tower Farm Recording Studio, and also produced Move's demo, as well as their newest record, Freedom Dreams. So make sure you go check that out. And then my other episode will be featuring Mike Kennedy, guitar player of the band The All-America Rejects. So look out for that. Go check out my boys Toxic Coffin, who have a super sick drop coming next month in April. Go follow my dude loudmouth threads who is always killing it in the horror merchandise game and also did the original podcast artwork don't forget the patreon is now live you can find the link for that over on the instagram and while you're at it follow me on instagram facebook and twitter thank you guys again for the year of support and i can't wait for you guys to hear next week's interviews stay safe